0: trust you. Whatever's going on in our life, you're there. You're with us. You are for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? We thank you for that. We thank you for the provision that you have made for us, that whatever we need, you are there. We thank you, Father. We thank you for Jesus. for the children and the young people to leave now. Let's pray for them as they go. Father, we ask that you will bless everyone who's going out now to their different groups. We pray that they will know your presence, that they will learn more of you, that they will draw closer to you from the youngest to the oldest. Be with them, I pray. Bless them and let them know your love today. Amen. on again.
1: But uh what is school helen's class once a week with the children getting library books um so it's not been long this term and i'm not very good with names and a, one a girl came up to me lovely bouncy girl this is year one so five maybe six and she's bouncy lovely hair and i was sat and she said hello hello. Um, have you remembered my name and I was like, oh, no. Um, as Sean would say, I don't remember her name at times. <laughs> so I said, um, I said, give me a clue. Give us a clue. What's it start with? Uh, "B." And I went, Betty. And she went, yes, yes. <laughs> and she was so excited that I'd said her name. And that's what Jesus is saying tomorrow. If I came, if I looked at you and said, Margaret, Jesus knows, knows you by name. Or Debs, Jesus knows you by name. That's when it means something, when he calls us. And he's saying to each one of us this morning, he knows us by name. So you could be excited about that, but it's really important.
0: Help us to hear when you call us by name, Lord. Help us to hear what you say. May we be aware of you. May we hear your voice this morning.
2: Thank you, Christine, and worship band. Appreciate your songs this morning and leading us in worship and leading us into knowing more about God. That's great. Thank you. Fiona, just wanted to share a word that flows on from what Roger was saying as well, and we just felt that it was good to just hear this word as well.
3: Hi, yeah, I had this word about, well, about six weeks ago probably, but I've just been waiting on kind of the right time to share it, and it seemed to really fit with what Roger was saying. It's kind of almost the same message, but in reverse. Um, I teach year one, so um, really related to Roger's <laughs> word. Um, in the first couple of weeks, I've got a little boy in my class um, with special needs, and he um, would come up to me, and he'd he, when he needed something, he'd just say, hey, and I'd say, hey, back, and then he'd go, who are you again? And um, I'd say, Mrs. Evans, and then he'd say, Mrs. Evans, and he'd reel off his requests um and this went on for a little while and then it got to the stage where he'd say still say hey to me and I'd say hey and then he'd say Mrs Evans and he he'd then begin to tell me things he'd begin to um just talk about you know things that he wanted to tell me rather than just bring me his requests and I just felt like we can be a bit like that with God we can know he's a person to go to we know he's good Um, we know that we can ask him things Um, but actually it's when we get to know his name that we really get to know him and we really get to know his character and we get to know what he can do for us and how he can meet with us and one of the things that came to mind when i was had this word um was isaiah 9 and this is quite often read at christmas we're not being too early but just it's you know it's saying he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace and the great of his government and peace there will be no end and we've just been singing loads of names of god as well um and i just encourage you if you are here today and you know of god but you don't know him really get to know his name and get to know his character and if you do know god like look into the bible more and find out more of his names because there are lots
2: thanks vienna i think it's clear too isn't it, how those words sort of fit together and that's important it's all about That personal relationship, isn't it? Knowing names. Us, God knowing our names, we know his name and how much that is important to us. So that's wonderful that fits together today. Now I'm going to ask Joycey. She's going to come up and share her testimony with us this morning. All right. She wants to come up this way, Joycey. That'd be lovely. Thank you.
4: everyone. <sighs> I'm a little bit nervous, but um, first, I just want to give God all the glory. I thank God for my life and the life of the children he gave to me. And everyone here, um, everyone who support me for the past eight years, um, there's so much going on in my life. And um I was fighting to get my stay for the past eight years. I'm almost two, more than two decades in Europe. And um, my two children have Austrian passport and two doesn't have their document just like me. So when I came to uh, Alton, I didn't have my stay. So um, women's aid, they fight for me to make sure I get two and a half years. And after the two and a half years, I didn't know what to do. But I was coming to the church and I was in a live group. And I just asked the live group to pray with me because I don't really know what to do because when I was with my ex, it was the one that is doing everything because I don't know a lot of things. I'm not that educated. And from the live group, my story starts with John Barry with a the wife. They they tried to help me. And from there, Alison Deara was on my case. So she was the one that was going through all the documents and everything. It was so hard, so complicated. But on the 23rd of September this year, Alison put in... Um, For me to get indefinite leave. She's been trying for so long that I help my kids also in so many ways to make sure we are doing well. So on the 23, I went to Redding to do my biometric. It was just a try. He said, she said, let's just try. There is no harm in trying. Said, okay, I give God the glory. Whatever comes, if they even if they reject me, I don't mind. As far as yeah, I'm happy. And I'm surrounded by people who, who love and care for me. But I was also praying. I, was also, I always ask God for help. And he always sent help to me. Since I came to this church, my life has been changed. Because of the love so many of you show to me and my kids. And on the 23, I went to go and do biometric. And I came back. I was so tired. I was in the living room. And, but I have this feeling in my heart that all is well. And I just, I was so happy inside my heart. And normally it takes months, years before you can get any feedback. And I heard the bell ring. And Allison was in front of my door. And I was just saying, oh my God, that means something bad. (laughs) But she was holding um, little uh, wine. It's like, yeah. And I don't know how to explain it and she just told me you just have your indefinite leave I've never heard it before I'm here more than in Europe for more than two decades now I've never heard that someone would do biometric same day and get answered the same day it's not even up to 10 hours so that's why I said I can't keep this to myself God has been good to me So, I just want you guys to help me to praise God and thank, I thank everybody that stood by me and my children, Mary, oh, I don't know, there's so so many people, but I'm grateful and I pray that God will continue to bless every one of you as you continue to help the vulnerable people. God bless
2: Thank you, Joycey. That's such great news, isn't it? It's wonderful. And it's great that uh, we've been part of that as a church to help her to achieve that. Fantastic news. Sean is going to come now share God's word with
5: us. (coughs)
6: Good morning, folks. Um, So my name's Sean. If you don't know me, I'm part of the leadership team here in Harvest Church. And uh, I still think these things are designed to clamp your head, (laughs) because it's it's not the most comfortable thing. But anyway, I'll try to ignore it. So uh, for many of you who have been coming uh, for any length of time, you'll know that we are working our way through Uh, The book of Romans, not necessarily chapter by chapter, but looking at different areas of it. And uh, last week, Nathan, that's right, Nathan was here. Ah, yes, Nathan wasn't here because he was taking a sickie. Uh, Nathan was sharing with us about uh, the law and how we're not tied to the law. And you may now be aware that actually that we go from a, a typo, we bring some teaching on it and then bring some application. And this week, uh, we're looking a bit more of application, but we're actually going to be looking a little bit more at the area of unity as well as we uh, touch into Romans 14. Now, many of you are probably aware that our, our actions affect both ourselves and those around us so what we do what we say can have a positive or negative impact on other people and uh, so in the Roman church and I'll share a little bit more in a minute but in the Roman church the Jewish Christians were still following the Mosaic law so the law laid down in the Old Testament they were still uh, looking to follow that in many of its ways whereas the Gentile Christians uh, well, they were looking to use the gift of grace, the the free gift from God to justify falling back into their old sinful ways. And between the two of them in the church in Rome, they were judging and condemning each other, which was affecting both themselves, each other, and also their witness to those around them. And we're going to be looking at that in a minute and what it means for us. But I, I wanted to start by very briefly looking at the gospel. You see, it's, if we don't understand the gospel, we don't understand any of this at all. As I mentioned, the gospel, it is a free gift. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, up on the screen, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast. It is a free gift from God. We accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. We understand that he died on the cross in our place. As we receive him, as we accept his forgiveness, we receive the promised Holy Spirit and we are led by the Spirit day by day. And we should be Become more like Christ. You see, we don't earn salvation through our actions. You know, we, we don't turn up to God and say, well, I've been pretty good, so let me in. No, we turn up to God saying, I am a sinner, but you have paid the penalty. You have paid the cost. It's what you have done, not what I have done. That's the why we become part of christ why we're christians why we're part of his family and so if we if we haven't earned it in the first place then neither through our actions then neither can we lose it through our actions either if we accept christ as lord and savior we are saved that's it okay so keeping that in mind because that is actually our everyday life or should be that we cannot do anything to save ourselves, but we don't need to do anything to save ourselves. Christ has done it. Okay. I'm going to try and remember to use the clicker. I'm going to move on then. So a quick Romans recap. Uh, when, when I spoke a few weeks back, I gave you a, a little bit of depth to what was going on in Romans in the church in Rome, and I want to go through that now. So the church itself was probably established at the time of Pentecost. So just after Jesus had been uh, crucified, he's raised to life, he's gone up to heaven, the Holy Spirit's been poured down upon uh, the disciples and those around and added to the church is about 3,000 believers. And the likelihood is it says that there were uh, Jews from Rome in Jerusalem at the time, and they heard the message they 'd have gone back to Rome uh, with uh, the message of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and as they 've gone back they 've gone back with the in the power of the holy spirit they 've gone back and shared that with uh, people in Rome other jews gentiles that 's those who were not jews they 've shared it, and the church would have grown so the initial few people, however many they were it 's now grown. Into a church, it would have been consisted of both Jews and Gentiles, probably uh, predominantly led by Jews at that time. Moving on, then, um, a few years later, so 19 years later, in fact, the Emperor Claudius expelled all Jews from Rome, which was a whole people group suddenly disappearing from the church. The church is, you can imagine, it ripped apart and it leaves. Just the Gentiles who have to then re-establish what the church looks like. They take on all of the leadership roles. Huge change occurs. said this was a whistletop uh, recap. Moving on then, five years later, the Emperor Nero uh, invites all the Jews back. So we've had a change of leadership and then suddenly the Jews pour back in. Probably wanted to take up where they'd left off. Maybe take on some of the roles in the leadership team. Those kind of things. So you can imagine the chaos that's going on here. Um, the church has been changed. Now it's changed again. Okay, so that's the recap. Now let's give you a little bit of background as to what's going on in these people's lives. So as I mentioned earlier, the Jews had, uh, they were now Christians, but they'd come out of the tradition, Jew- Judaism traditions of the law um, following what their forefathers had done uh, what God had told them to do through the Old Testament so they were looking to uh, keep holy days they were keeping festivals they were particular in what they did or didn't eat even what they touched and for the Jews pleasing God had always involved following the laws of Moses those found in the old testament so that's the jews the gentiles now they had come out of a very pagan way of life rome was very pagan it had multitudes of temples had temple prostitutes plenty of orgies and all those kind of things you might hear about in history it was a deprived uh, city and so the gentiles had come out of these beliefs these religions these ways of life suddenly They've become Christians and they're looking to how they might, you know, where they might be going with that. But you know, these are people who have uh, probably slept with temple prostitutes, offered and eaten sacrifices to idol, taken part in orgies, and so much more. And so we've got two different people groups in this church. What issues is this causing in the church in Rome? Obviously, it's got to be causing issues because Paul's trying to deal with them. But you can imagine two sides. One side, you know, looking to keep laws and regulations. Another side that's come out of promiscuity and all those kind of things. Trying to join together, to do church together. There are going to be issues, yeah? Tensions are going to be high. Unity, probably quite low. Church witness, zero maybe at this point, potentially? So we're going to look at four issues here and then bring some application. First one, then, as I've mentioned already, the Jews are still following the old laws. The second, the Gentiles are still flirting with their old sinful ways. Thirdly, both sides are judging each other And treating each other with contempt. And fourthly, it's leading to a lack of unity. Okay, let's look at the first one then. So the Jews are still following the old laws. The Jews probably consider the gospel as an add-on to Judaism, their old way of life. So we read through bits of Romans and other places in the New Testament. They're avoiding certain foods, unclean foods, temple sacrifices, those kind of things. They're still celebrating Jewish festivals, even potentially avoiding touching Gentiles. I mean, you imagine how difficult a church would be if all the Jews were trying to avoid all the Gentiles in the church. And Paul gives us an example in Romans 14 verse 5 of what is happening in the church here. So one person considers one day more sacred than another. So the Jews are looking at days as some being more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. So the Gentiles, well, they're all the same, aren't they? Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. So for the Jews, Saturday is a holy day. It's their Sabbath, a day of zero work. And all sorts of rules and regulations have sprung up around this. So the Jews had, you know, they, they wouldn't work, they wouldn't pick up things or do all kinds of things. But for the Gentiles, all days are the same. What difference does it make what day it is? They, so you've got this disunity. Imagine trying to plan church, you know, What are we going to do on a Saturday? No, we're not doing it on a Saturday. No, we're not doing anything on a Saturday. But it wasn't just once a week. There were other days as well, holy days. And I guess the question is then, bringing some application now to us, is this just a Roman church problem? I mean, when I first came to this church, I... I had traditions in my background. you maybe 've got some in your own, and for me, actually, Sunday was a day of rest that was me i didn 't work on a Sunday. It caused me quite a lot of bother when I was working for a a, a large company many years ago when they wanted, kept asking me to work on a Sunday, and I kept refusing. I almost you know, there was a the potential of losing my job. It certainly I think kept me down from promotions and that was my view at the time and for me, I didn't go to the shops on a Sunday. I didn't work. That was a particular tradition I had. It was a belief I had. And it did cause the issues. For you, you may have other things that you have got as part of your tradition. And Alan, don't get me wrong. The point is, we're not saying these things are wrong, but they can cause disunity. What does Paul say about the law? Romans 7, verse 6. But now, so this is talking about us, it's talking about them. But now by dying to what once bound us, that is sin. So what, by dying to sin, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So by dying to sin, we have been released from the law. We now serve and live through the Holy Spirit's guidance and not through written codes. So the codes, the laws were there in the Old Testament to bring direction, to bring the Jewish people uh, into a place of being able to have a relationship with God. Now let's just, uh, a quick aside here, what is the law that Paul is talking about? Maybe he's talking about the Ten Commandments. We find those in Exodus 20. There are just a few. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not murder. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Maybe he's referring to the Mosaic law. Not eating pigs. Celebrating festivals. Not touching Gentiles maybe he's referring to what Jesus said when he summed up the law in Matthew twenty-two thirty-six 36 to 40, which says, "Teach." so this was a, a teacher of the law had come to Jesus and asked Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Sound pretty good, don't they? Maybe Paul's referring to the law of the land. It's unlikely since the law, the Roman law, was pretty dodgy in a lot of places. But why? Maybe the first question to ask is not which law was being referred to, but why were they following the laws? Before Jesus, the Mosaic law allowed Jews to be in relationship with God. Now, Jesus' sacrifice meant relationship with God is through him, not through rules and regulations. Paul is telling them and us, nothing we do can change that. Obeying laws does not alter our position in Christ. But obviously, obeying the laws of the land is important. But it doesn't affect our salvation. Nothing we do, remember what we said, nothing we do affects our salvation. But the, the Jews were looking to the laws, the regulations, to add to Salvation. We don't do anything to add to our salvation. We can't. Moving on then to number two. Gentiles are still flirting with their old sinful ways. Romans 8.5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. You see, the the Gentiles were falling back into their old ways. Now, we don't know what that means. Probably doesn't mean that they were heading off to the temple prostitutes or back to the orgies, but they were falling into sinful ways, and they were using the gospel as an excuse. So they were saying, well, we're saved. We can't change that. Nothing we do will change that. So we're just going to carry on enjoying ourselves, you know, doing what we like. But Paul's saying no, because you've got the Holy Spirit. He's leading and guiding you. If you are truly saved, you have the Spirit of God. And his desire is to transform and change you. So going back to your old ways is contrary to what the Spirit is saying. Both sides are judging each other and treating each other with contempt. Romans fourteen ten, Paul saying, "You then, why?" So this is the passage where Paul is dealing with the Jews, uh, you know, doing, following the law, and the the Gentiles doing their own thing. Paul's saying, "You then, why do you judge your brother or sister, or why do you treat them with contempt? For we all stand before God's judgment seat." You see. Judgment and contempt in whatever way it comes across. you know, If we judge someone in this church, it can lead, lead to a lack of trust. It can lead to dislike. It can lead to broken relationships, leading to no cooperation. It can lead even to churches breaking up. In, instead, Paul says this, therefore let us stop. Passing judgment on one another, instead make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. If you you may not fully like the way your neighbour sitting next to you right now does worship, but actually we are not called to judge them. We're not called to lay a stumbling block in their way. Instead we are called to love one another. You see, it all leads to a lack of unity. Paul says this in Romans fourteen nineteen let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. He Paul addresses it again in Romans fifteen as well, this whole thing of unity. Don't let unity get broken. Why is it so important? We can read through the Bible the importance of unity. Psalm 1331. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Paul speaking to the Ephesians in 4, 2 and 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Church unity is one of its biggest assets. Out of church unity comes love. Comes servanthood. It comes obedience. And the the community, notice, is a church that has unity. The churches that have unity It is such a powerful witness. And so the enemy will do all that he can to break up unity, whether it's across the churches or within the churches. So then we're going to draw some conclusions then. Salvation, a free gift. We have died to the old way of life. Jesus is our Lord. And through the Holy Spirit, we can be transformed to be more like Jesus. Whether we want to keep a day as holy or not, it doesn't affect our salvation. But we are called to be led by the Spirit. I just said that. Whether we follow rules or laws does not change our salvation. Don't judge others because of the things they do. Instead, set a good example. Don't allow your freedom in Christ lead others to sin. What do I mean by that? Paul picks it up in Romans 14, but we shouldn't be... Although we're free in Christ, we shouldn't be doing things that lead others into sin. Seek unity. It is vital for the church to be able to demonstrate Christ's love to the lost. I'm going to just wrap up our time by reading a little bit from... This book, which is the Straight to the Heart series, Romans by Phil Moore. Very short passage. Paul therefore tells the Gentiles to express more grace towards the returning Jewish Christians. They are still entitled to honor their ethnic Jewish culture, and so must the Gentiles if they are to fulfill. Jesus' desire to use them to save many more Jews. Given time, the Jews will no doubt grasp their Christian freedom. But until then, the Gentiles should hold their tongues and give them all the time they need. If they do so, Paul promises that peace will reign in their divided church. The Jews will love them for their gracious tactfulness. And they will learn to love the Jews for their passion for holiness and obedience to their consciences. Together, they will please the Lord and glorify him as the new king in town. As they apply the gospel within their multiracial church, it will be noticed by the world. And Paul promises in chapter 15, verses 5 to 6, that God will give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to foster that same unity in our own churches too, so that our divided world will see the glory of the gospel in us, his loving body. Let's just pray. Lord, I I thank you. That when you went to that cross, payment for my sin, for our sin, was paid in full. There's nothing that any of us can do to save ourselves. But as we accept you as Lord and Saviour, we are saved, added into your kingdom. And there is nothing that we can do about it, do to lose that. When we have received you, we are saved. And Lord, I pray that as a church, we would seek unity in our midst and across this town, Lord, and beyond. That we would look to share the love of Christ, not through rules and regulations, but through serving others, delighting in them, and revealing all that you've done for us. And I pray, Lord, Help us to be guided by your spirit, to become more like you, and to give you all the glory, Lord. Amen.
2: Thank you, Sean. There's a lot there to reflect upon, and I would encourage us all to be praying through the week about a lot of those things that Sean has said, because I think they do impact on us individually, but also as a church, as the body of Christ. i going to ask now um, Carol Facer, if she'd like to come up to the front here, please. Carol is shortly to be returning to South Africa, and we just as a church wanted to pray for her uh, as she goes, and to make sure she has a safe journey, but also to settle quickly back into South Africa. Carl, as I was just thinking about this, uh, there's a couple of verses in Ephesians um, chapter 3 where Paul was praying for the church of Ephesus, but I think also some things he was praying are things that we want to pray for you now. And he said, I pray that out of God's glorious riches, God may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And Paul says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge or to continue to know this love that surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for Carol. And we ask now, Lord, that you would be with her in the days ahead, Lord, in terms of just getting ready to return to South Africa. We pray, Lord, that you would give her your wisdom, that you would show her the things she needs to do and needs to prepare for, and help her to prepare for that, Lord. We pray, too, that you will give her protection, protection on the flight and the journey, Lord, and make that an easy journey for her. But we also pray, Father, that you would give her protection when she returns to South Africa, because we know that it is a country which is a difficult place to live in many ways. Some places is safe and some places not so safe. We pray that you will just help her to settle quickly, to settle back into your church in South Africa, and to really enjoy being with God's people there. And we pray that you will just give her protection in all that she does. Take care of all the silly little things, Lord, which can really annoy us when we move from place to place. Help her just to get through all those bits and pieces, Lord, and just to be able to enjoy, continue to enjoy uh, a wonderful relationship with you and with family and friends in South Africa again. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. you. I'm going to hand back to Jess now.
7: That's great. Thank you, guys. So as we come to the end of service we just have a few announcements firstly about next week we do have remembrance sunday um for those of you who may be new to autumn we do most of us or most of Autumn will go down to the cairn which is in the high street um and we will celebrate remembrance sunday there so it'd be great to see you if you're not sure where to go ask most of us here we should be able to tell you um, for those who can't make it down there, um, there will be a short service here in the morning at um, a normal time. And in the evening next Sunday as well, we're going to have an encounter evening. And that is just a great time to spend in fellowship and prayerful worship as we um, wait and experience God together. So if you are with us for the first time, it again, it's great to have you. You should have received a welcome pack on your way in. If not, there are some on the table over there, or if you find someone in a very bright yellow t-shirt, they'll be able to help you. And one of the important things I must say today is that there will be hot chocolate for one week only. We have our youth serving us this morning, and they were so excited, and they're really looking forward to serving you hot chocolate, so that is an option for today, so do make sure, if you'd like some, do ask. Um, And it's great... Um, Andrew wanted us to pass on his thank you to the youth as well as they've served us today. And parents, do you go pick up your children in five minutes?
2: Thank you. Just one other further announcement. If we can just have a bit of a hush, just for a second, please. Just wanted to remind everybody. First of all, to thank everybody who has already donated generously to our Gift Week, and to thank you for that. And for those of you who wish still to continue to donate, then there are envelopes on chairs today, or you can actually bring it into the church office, etc. So please do. Don't forget that. Please, it's very important that we can continue to give as a church to important things but also for the church itself but also for the local community so please help us to do that thank you